Hey, good evening, everyone, and welcome to Kingdom Relationships 101 or Kingdom 101 Relationships. I like that. Kingdom Relationships 101. Okay. <laughs> anyway, you look at it. I'm Pastor Lindsay and Lee, aka PL3, to some who know me and um, love me. And uh, to the rest of you, Pastor Lenzine or friend Lenzine, however it happens to be. I want to welcome you back to a re-recording. Uh, according to the original schedule tonight would have been live with Leslie, but you know, a funny thing happened last week. I um, actually had been up about 48 hours or something like that. And I made the attempt to try to record and it didn't go well. Uh, for what I could tell, I actually fell asleep in the middle of my own teaching, which um, I've been told I have a, a very soothing voice. Well, apparently I was so soothing. I soothed me into a sleep for a few moments, but I really did have some kind of spiritual thing happening at the same time. So it was kind of funny. It was probably the Lord saying, you're asleep, wake up. You're still being recorded. <laughs> Anyway, so my apologies for that. We were just one week off from the way that we normally would have done it. I, if anything uh, normal. Normal is a good word. Okay, we'll use it. So at any rate, what I want to do tonight is I'm going to kind of recap. And I have to tell you this. The reason I kept closing my eyes last week was because being tired, the lights that I use uh, to to shine, to keep us all bright and stuff instead of the natural lighting in the house were such that I kept closing my eyes. And when I closed my eyes, it was like, oh, Wonderland, a wonderful place to wonder what's going on. So I still have those same lights shining, but they're not annoying to me. So it was a lesson learned. And I think it's kind of funny. So now I can actually say, uh, yeah, I put my own self to sleep in doing my own preaching. <laughs> that just cracks me up. Anyway, let's pray. Let's go ahead and get into the lesson. And next week, my um, dear friend and um, sometimes disciple student Leslie Choi will be joining me. She's also one of the co-hosts on Divinely Designed 21st Century Women. So she will be with us next week and we'll do a live conversation just like we've done before. Father, I thank you and I give you praise and glory and honor for the opportunity to be able to release your word into the places that you allow us to do. I thank you, Lord, for your power, for your presence. I thank you for you, Holy Spirit, bringing back to my remembrance everything that it is that you want to say, but because you know who's hearing and you know what it is that you want to release. So I bless you and I praise you and I thank you that I am alert and awake and listening to hear your voice tonight. And there are others that will also incline their ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord has to say to us. So we thank you for it in Jesus name. Amen. Now, one of the things that we're doing is we're doing a recap. We're talking about relationships and been talking really about the spirit of, of the purity and the power, the power in the purity that we have and how spirits of harlotry and people have all these uh uh, what we call Old Testament queen, Babylonian queen type of names to go along with it. Um, but we're not going to address those. What we're just saying is that it is a harlot. It's a spirit of a harlot that wants us to depart from loving and serving and running after or, or being a servant of God and bowing at his feet. And instead, they want us to, to do away with him and go on. And we're going to explore those words a bit too, I believe, as we're going on. But where I wanted to start, and um, this is, if you did happen to catch last uh, last week's uh, message before we took it down, then you may recall that we were looking at uh, certain phrases and we were looking at certain definitions. And, and we were also looking in the, no the notes that are posted on www.astoundinglove.org so that you could see, um, <clears throat> excuse me, you can see where it is. And I'll go ahead and just put that up. For those of you that don't know, you can download the notes from our website. And there are not that many as far as Kingdom 101 relationships, because I have not actually put anything new up. So you're able to continue to stay with that. And I'm going to see if I can find these notes in another place too. But uh, so you'll be able to, to pick up whatever it is that we're talking about here and you'll be able to flow with us in it. Okay. So what I want to do, we're going to look at the notes that were actually the original ones that were posted. And it talks within them about points of study or what we refer to as kingdom relationship absolutes. And why we say absolutes is that 
you, no matter what you do, these are the truths that God has said and has spoken with regard to how he defines relationship because relationship comes from him. So first of all, we know that all kingdom relationships are rooted in the king. Now, when I say kingdom relationships are rooted in the king, that means that they stem from, they branch from, they come from him. And so whatever it is that the Lord desires, when we choose to live our lives in a way that pleases the king, then we are going to see the results of what it is that the king wants to do. And we're going to have the people in our lives that he has assigned, or we are going to be in the lives of people that we have been assigned to. Now, one of the things I do know, many times we can try, we can get a divine appointment, we can get a divine instruction, and then we can try to bring it into a natural understanding. So we put our hands all over it and mess it up because once we decide we know what God is talking about and we don't go back and check with him and say, is this the under, do I have the right understanding? Then what tends to happen is things can go flat. They can go bust. They can go awry. They can go, it can become a hot mess. Uh, if we're not walking in, with him the way that he had actually intended. And so you can misinterpret the reason that a person is in your life. I cannot tell you, uh, I really could not tell you the number of times I've come across people that have met someone that God assigned to them for a, for a temporary uh, um, assignment. And it was to bring some truth into their lives, but they being single or they being whatever they were uh, decided this must be the one, this is who I'm supposed to marry. This is the one I'm supposed to spend the rest of my life with, because look at this mutual assignment or this or that or the other, or how much he or she helps me to do the things that I'm supposed to do. So therefore we, it must be that we are assigned by God to be life partners and they've messed up. They married someone that, um, was for that moment or that level that they were at, but they were not, they didn't have what it took or takes to go with you all the way. So you've got to go back to God and ask him, not just because you like them, not because they fit your fancy, or even because in many cases, people were like, well, they're not really what I would choose for myself, but, you know, but, and they add some kind of writer to that. And you still misinterpret because you did not go back and ask God. And I don't mean, who is this person? Identify them. <laughs> you know, sometimes you do want to do that. But instead, it's like, all right, Lord, uh, what is the assignment? Um, I, you know, how do you want me to perceive this person? And you look at them in the spirit and not according to their outward appearance. I am going to say this because and I say it, I think, more than one time. And it may be it's something I'm going to be known for saying. I'm not really sure. But I want to remind us, you are not your body. You know, whatever house you live in, a brown house, a, a, a cream-colored house, a, whatever the, 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 the hue of, of your skin tone, this is the house that you live in, but your spirit, you are spirit. And that is where we originate. We are spirit made in the image of God. And so this outward appearance, this temple that we live in is actually, once we are born from above, this is where the Holy Spirit lives. This is his house. So, you know, we're like, well, the, he comes and the spirit comes to live inside of me. Yes, he does. And then he takes over. <laughs> he, um, he actually comes in and then he becomes the, he is the owner. He is, it's like having the landlord move in with you. It's, it's not, you know, it's not something that you or, or I are in control of in that one sense. We are his temple. We are the naos, if I were going to quote it from the, uh, the from the Greek perspective, but it's the dwelling place of God. That's what we are. And so because our bodies are not our own, um, we have to realize then, then, then who does own it and why are we in it? We're in it because this is what we were assigned to walk in. It's the earth suit, but it is not your identity. And why that is important is because so many of us, um, we, we identify with how we look. So therefore we don't feel capable of doing things because of the frailty of our bodies or the bulkiness of our bodies or whatever your uh, image of your body is. The image that you have of the house that you live in is not you. And that's where we fall off in relationships with God and with ourselves and others, because we do not understand or we fail to realize, or we refuse to believe 
that you are not this as pretty as, or, you know, you're framed or as um, uh, powerful, whatever it is that you are in this, this exterior house looks like. It's not you. It's simply where you and Holy Spirit or where Holy Spirit and you dwell. And it is the it is the vehicle through which you're going to navigate this life and you're going to manifest. You're going to allow the kingdom of God to flow from outside. The kingdom is within, within the spirit and, and the spirit that dwells in the body that has a mind and a will and, emo and emotions. But you're not your mind. You're, you're you. You're the spirit. You're the one that originated from God. And, and so the body he wants to bring back to original intent. What the way I made it, I want your life to be a reflection of being one spirit with the almighty God, the father, the son and Holy Spirit. And so I took a very a, a bit of time to say that. But I pray that you start to, to think about it because then you'll start to see why you can do all things through Christ because your spirit and why we can do the things that Jesus did because we're spirit and we're joined in him. So in, in spirit, it's there's it, hallelujah, hallelujah in spirit. There is no impossibility. It's the flesh that has the limitations. It's the mind, the will, the emotions that have the limitations, but the spirit. Oh, wow. See, that's a whole nother realm of understanding. And so, <clears throat> excuse me, in relationship with God, we are spirit to spirit. Now I've, I, I know I've, that's a phrase I've used many times. Uh, back in the days when we were at the trade zone, as we called it, 1914 trade zone in San Jose, California, um, I said that a lot, spirit to spirit conversations. That's what we have with the Lord, spirit to spirit connections. And when we talk one to another, you pull on the spirit, the anointing, the, the joining with uh, the spirit of the Lord as we teach and we send releasing into this earth atmosphere from the heavenly. So it is poof, in earth as it is in heaven. That's what we're doing. So this is um, why all kingdom relationships are rooted in the king and they derive from the, that, that ascended place from the heavenlies. They come from the throne, from the heart of the father. And, and so it's like, I have a, I have a desire for you to be joined with this person. I have a, a, a love for you and this one together because, because the picture of it and what it looks like is the spirits that are connected and and I'm good, we're going to get into that more and more, but otherwise I'm not going to get to the next point that every relationship, number two, is patterned after Jesus. Thus, we are to submit to, receive, and be joyous in every relationship. These three words are very, uh, four words, that we are given. We are given relationship with children, with spouses, with uh, friends, with parents, and, and some of them are very fractured. Why? Fragile spirits, broken spirited people, which means their souls, their their body, their spirit is not uh, joined with Christ. Their minds are, they live according to what they think. They live according to what they feel. They live according to what they see. And it's very easy to be offended. What are we talking about at the top of this? That these relationships are talking about a, the spirit, a pure spirit, the spirit, the purity of the spirit of God and the harlotry, another spiritual assignment that tries to derail us and get us off. What is it coming after your body? No, it's coming after your spirit. Your strength is not in your body. Your strength is in your spirit. So prayerfully, I, I keep saying this and go around and around. This is going to going to start to really connect for you. We deal with each other according to the spirit. Now, 1 Corinthians 6.19 says, what? Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? Did you notice that it did not say, did you not know that your body is, is yours and you allow Holy Ghost to live here? No, it becomes, it's his because he's the originator of our frame. He, you have of God and that you are not your own. Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost in you, which you have of God. He comes from, he is God and it's, he's of God and you're not your own. This is good news because it means that you can physically 
um, metamorphosis uh, is there. Transform, transformation, the metamorpho is available to you. You do not have to be. <laughs> you're not stuck being whatever it is that you think you're stuck being. You there's there's a beauty in you that the spirit of the Lord wants to have emerge much as you might say, as a butterfly uh, comes forth from the chrysalis, from the, the, what used to be a caterpillar. If you ever look at those things, the caterpillar is still there. It's just a much skinnier version of it. It's got the antenna and all of that. It's got these beautiful wings, but that caterpillar is still there because it's still that. What happened? The metamorphosis, it brought out of it what it always had from the beginning. That's why so many people like the butterfly as a symbol of transformation, because it truly shows you the beauty on the inside that God being alone, being wrapped up in a place of quiet and rest. It doesn't have to mean that you're actually literally in a room tied up like a mummy or something. That's not what it means at all. And it doesn't even mean necessarily that you just have to go off and be secluded forever, but you go to the secret place in him, in you. And you let his word transform you. What do you think transformed the butterfly, the caterpillar into the butterfly? Well, they'll say metamorphosis. Yes, but it's really what God spoke. It's what God said. It's how he said, this is what you are. And he calls you into, he called them into, that's why he said, they go away and they feed and feed and stay and, and the shell hardens around them. And all the time they're being told what you are. This is really what you are. This is really what you are. So that when that thing bursts open and those wings are wet for a moment, but then they draw the strength of the wings of a butterfly, as fragile as it looks. There's a greater strength that emerged from it as a, a, a faster movement and an ability to go places that it always had. It just couldn't do it in the form in which it was. And that's what the Lord is telling us. So in the terms of the relationships, there have defined destiny that as long as we stay knowing each other after the flesh, we're not going to get to it. We might touch it a little bit, but everybody will kind of back off because when we know each other by the spirit, that means we're constantly as one talking to the originator of our origin, the one that from whom we attribute our origins from the creator himself. And he's given us instructions and showing us how to be with one another, how to listen, how to know when there's a harassing spirit or there's some form of darkness or something that's coming after us, which well, let's keep going. All right. So if the relationship is not rooted in the king, then it's not kingdom. And see, that's the whole point. It's not having good Christian friends. Although it's nice to have good Christian friends, okay? It is not, it, it includes our relationship with self. Do you have, let me just pose this question. Do you have a kingdom relationship with yourself or do you still live your life according to the ways of the world and how you feel, et cetera? You see, when you have a kingdom relationship to your, with yourself, then you will start telling yourself the things that the king has said. And you will stop telling yourself the things that the world has said. So you will stop telling everybody about how old you are. I mean, how old you're getting. And you will stop talking about, you know, well, when, when this age comes, this is what they say. And this is what they say. It's like, but God didn't say it. You said they. God's name is not they. He's Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and he is one. And so when you talk about, well, you know, at this certain age, this is what happens. And, you know, that the body clock stops winding down. Remember, you are not your body. And that's why well, there's the power of it. So you, the you, the real you, original you has the power and the authority to tell this body, you're going to make it. You're going to continue on. Legs, you're just going to have to be strengthened. The Bible tells you to strengthen the feeble knees. It says to stand up straight. It tells us all these different things to tell your body. Yes, but God told Josh. Well, he was old and stricken in years. Yes, he did. But then you know what he told him? He said, your body, he was saying the body is old and stricken in years, but you, you still got work to do. So I'm calling on the spirit of the man to rise up and finish the, the job. Caleb didn't, I don't know what Caleb's maturation process was, but one thing I know, he let it be known to Joshua. Look, dude, I was with you from the beginning of this thing when we were the ones that went into the land. And remember, I had a promise just like you did. And what I've been doing right alongside of you is I've been staying and I've been training my young men and I am able to take that mountain. And sure enough, when the time came to inherit his promise, Caleb led the charge. So what does that tell us? It tells us that there is an ability to speak to our bodies. The world calls it mind over matter, but it's spirit over mind. 
All right. It's spirit over mind. And you are telling yourself, you are telling your body, yourself is telling your body, according to orders from the king, this is how this shall be. Arms, eyes, hair, neck, feet, back, whatever it happens to be that there, the order of, by the order of the King, you will comply. And the, the, the builder and maker is on the inside of you. So he can refurbish your parts. Now, uh, some of us, it will take a little longer because you can hallelujah this message and jump and shout and write in your comments, which I hope you are, you know, and say, yes, I believe that. And I received that and so forth. But I, for me, I want to challenge you. Great. I'm glad you did. Now go do something with it. Go back to the word of God and the, the living word and, and say to him, what do you want me to do? How you want to just work this out? I am a witness of this stuff. And, uh, I, this is what I actually do as that. Oh, I'm not even going there, but at any rate, some of y'all know I'm, a, I'm not just, a, uh, 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 whatever. I'm, 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 I'm a participant in this word. I'm not just a speaker. I'm a doer of this word. I, be, I believe this and my whole life is staked upon it. I mean, I'm just willing. It, it makes you become a great pioneer and an adventurer. You know, you got theme song music, dun, 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 whatever your theme song is, but it's playing, you know, while you live this life, it's like, wow, the whole rhythm of your life changes when you choose to talk and speak kingdom to yourself, have a kingdom relationship with yourself and with everyone else. Sometimes people think I'm a little rough. Um, I don't know. Is that the word I, I hear so often? Well, she got in my face. I didn't get in your face. I got in your spirit. Let's talk to your spirit. I was actually challenging the spiritual aspect of it, the demonic that's trying to, you know, lean over your uh, over your shoulder and put his ugly face up there and try to tell me that that's you or try to distract me. It's like, no, no, I'm going to talk to the spirit. I'm going to speak spirit words to the only spirit that is in that atmosphere that is capable of responding. And that's why so many people tell me I got my roar back where I got or, or habit for the first time or whatever. Why? Because we don't speak to the flesh. I don't speak to you from a flesh to flesh perspective, but spirit to spirit. I'm challenging you, calling you that part of you that is so connected to God that even now is jumping up and down like, hey, listen to her. Listen to what she's saying, because this is the relationship relationship that we want to have. This is, this is purity. This is pure word. This, this word will, uh, is undefiled and allows me to start to walk in a manner <laughs> that is pleasing to the father. And that is the point. That's why we say to ourselves, I mean, do you really think Jesus just got up and rolled over and went, Oh God, not another one of these days or something like that. No, I think he had some great conversations with the Holy spirit. He had great conversations with the father. And through that, he had great conversations with himself told this body. Otherwise this body would not have had the discipline to stay on that cross. His body would not have had the discipline to press through in Gethsemane and all those other places in the fastings, in the wilderness. He had to be, he had to be learning how to speak to himself 40 days in the wilderness. He could have called for an angel. Look, I just need a cracker. I need something to get me through. I don't, I don't, I don't think I can make this. You know, some people three hours into a fast it's over. It's like, Oh dear God, I can't do it. I just can't do it. And I've done that. I've had that. I've, I've had I've been able to fast for 40 days straight. And then the other times it's like, I can't even make it three hours. It's just like, I just, why? Depends on which one was talking to me. Was my, was my spirit talking to me to tell me, yes, you can. Or was it my body talking to me saying, no, we can't do this. We're not in the mood. We're not feeling it. It's just not. And I, I mean, I, I have zigged and zagged, but it's time to just plant and stay in the place. Once you make up your mind to have and allow the mind of Christ, which is the relationship with God that we want, then we don't, we don't visit the mind of Christ and then go, well, okay, this was great. And thank you. And oh, I've just had such a wonderful time with you, Jesus. I feel so refreshed. Now let me just toddle back out to life as I know it. And, and, you know, lower myself back to the earth standards and, you know, just live in reality. No, that is not it. I tell reality how it's going to be. That's what we do. <laughs> so anyway, there's more to that. Write your questions. Leslie, are you listening to me? Because people are going to be counting on you, Leslie, <laughs> to, to uh, ask me some of this stuff next. What is she talking about? To elaborate on this, won't you please? So we'll take your questions. We'll, we'll do all of that. 
Now, here we go again. Okay. So if the relationship is not rooted in the king, it's not kingdom. And this does include our relationship with ourselves. If you have my book, Kingdom 101, then go ahead and look at pages 22 and 23, which I'm not going to do right now. I'm going to go on to point four, that all kingdom relationships are conformed to the image of Christ. And I really want to camp there, but let me get through these other ones and then we'll we'll see where he wants to take us for the last uh, half of, of our, of our uh, interaction tonight. He says, number uh, five, every relationship we have is rooted in love or someone, something, or some desire, or some belief. This is really, 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 really true. All right. Um, obedience, number six, is a factor in every relationship, whether kingdom or otherwise. You are obeying a voice. Your voice or, or God's voice. Well, your voice, if it's not speaking for God, is speaking for the other camp. Because, you know, it's like, well, I'm an independent individual. You're only independent in the sense that you're not dependent on God. Uh, you know, I'm a free spirit. A free spirit, the way the world defines it, is actually a rebellious spirit. The Bible says he who the son is made free is free in their deeds and their actions. But if you're not walking in the freedom of the son and you're just doing what you feel, you're not walking in freedom. You're walking in, you know, I'm a free spirit. I just do what I feel. If you do what you feel, you're bound. You're not free. Get it? Because how you feel means that you're being led by a voice other than what scripture says this. Go ahead and look these up and even post them, Minister Frederick. Walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So if you're not walking in the spirit, then whose desire are you fulfilling? The lust of the flesh. <laughs> the desires of the flesh. And we'll look that word up if you want to, but the Bible is telling you, no, you've got to, you've got to stay away from the, the enticements and the things of the world, because that's not the way that God does it. So we've, we've already looked at this particular one, but that word lust, and I, I think I like it out of James the best in this particular case, but he says, um, Romans 6, 12, let's just look at that one. Romans 6, 12 says, do not let sin therefore reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in its lust, in the lust thereof. Now that word lust is um, epithumia, epithumia, and it means a desire, an earnest desire, a irregular or violent desire, an impure desire. There's that harlotry, impure Lust, the object, whatever it is, it whatever enkindles, sets you on fire, but it's not God. It's a longing for something that is forbidden. And it's uh, to lust after, to, to crave, uh, but it's to desire something forbidden. What do you mean by forbidden? Meaning something forbidden, like, oh, God won't let me have it. Well, this is the source, if you will. That's what happened in the garden, that they that there was a seed, a uh, uh, a suggestion, that's what I mean by a seed, that was given into the ear of the person to long after what was, it was a temptation and offering a suggestion. Hey, don't you want, you know, you want that. You know, you want that. And, and all those words, it's like, you got to answer that. I, maybe I do want it, but I will not have it. You see the power of the word of God. I, my flesh longs for things that will bring about destruction to me. I want that man. I've got to have, who are you talking about? Somebody else's spouse or, or I've got to have this person because that body is, you know, all the things that people say. And it's like, listen, everything is lawful and permissible. This is one of the scriptures he said, but not all things are wise or good for me to do. I can, I have the freedom. This is what free will is. I can choose to do anything I want to do. And I am just as free. Here's where my freedom comes from. To say no, to refuse it, to not choose to give myself something that God has already told me is destructive to me. If I've been delivered from alcohol, delivered from toxic relationships, delivered from what, because alcohol, it's a relationship. Cig uh, smoking, it's a relationship. Overeating, overindulgence is a relationship. Overspending, um, gossip, these are relationships, longings, desire. Oh man, I just want to hear. I just want to be a fly on. I just want to know. I just want to be with this person that is forbidden to you. Harlotry, a dirt, dirty thing. And we're, we'll get to that. But um, so here is what I'm saying. He says, no, no, no. Those things are forbidden. Don't let it 
therefore be the one whose, whose throne you go to. Don't let sin, don't let the things that are not of the kingdom of God, sin is of the, of the dark camp. Sin is what you've been redeemed from. Sin is what you've been forgiven of. So do not let the things that you have asked and received forgiveness for have the throne on your heart and be on the throne of your soul. Do not be in relationship with that which God has delivered you from. Okay. So that's why we were saying um, that every relationship we have is rooted in love for someone or something or some desire or some belief. What do you earnestly desire? The Bible tells you earnestly desire these things as opposed to those things that are desirous of you. Did you think about that? The works of darkness are grasping and desirous to bring destruction to you, whereas God desires to express his pleasure on your behalf. He wants to have his dreams for your life come true. Any questions on that? Go ahead and post them in the uh, the, the comments and we will, um, some of them I, I'll look at or Minister Frederick will get them to me, but one way or another, we'll respond to you. I'll go online later on and, you know, talk to y'all myself. But anyway, here's the other one. Vital components or expectations of relationship. What are they? The things that are necessary, uh, intercourse, which is an exchange um, in a marital relationship that's sexual as well. But you know what sexual intercourse is? It's your bodies talking to each other. Uh, on the one hand, that's what you feel physically, but it's really spirit to spirit. It's a communion of the spirit. It's an exchange. It's talk. It's intimacy. It's hearing the person. It's listening to the person. It's believing the person. It's knowing and giving receive, learn, grow, it's vulnerability, it's transparency, it's being naked and unashamed. It's a lot of, of different things. It's, and, and really it's all tempered and I think fueled by willingness and obedience to God. Because when you obey God, you're not going to look at your spouse or your, your um, friends or your children or yourself, your parents, uh, the coworkers, you're not going to look at them the same way. You won't, once the father's heart has touched you, have you ever, I'll just interrupt myself and ask this question. Do you have the father's heart for you? Do you have the father's heart for your spouse or your children, your neighbors, your pastors, your apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the teachers, the people of this earth? Or do you have the lust, the interest, the world, the carnal level of interest and knowledge? When you have the king's heart for yourself, your, your talk is different. It, it's an interesting thing because you don't actually spend that much time talking about you. When you have the king's heart for yourself, you're satisfied. All of a sudden, you, 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 just, you become confident in the fact that you are loved and that you are well taken care of. And you'll see miraculous things happening in your finances, in your body, in, your, in all of the relationships of your life, the ships of your life because you're able to rest in him because his heart has touched you about you. And once it's done that, then it touches you about others. So I'm going to say for those of you that the answer is no about um, a great percentage possibly of you, because for some of you, what I just said has just wrecked your mind just a little bit, which is good. We don't mind um, because then it'll finally come into the mind of Christ. You know, Jesus was able to do what he did for us because his heart had been touched by the father. He had the compassion of the father, but more than that, he used to say, I know he loves me. I know. How do you know? Because his heart is beating in me. I, his heart has touched mine. And I know he loves me. And once I know he loves me, I, I stop looking for love. Mm -hmm. When I know he loves me, I stop looking for love. When I receive the love that he has for me. When I allow the love he longs to pour into me to be poured into me, I'm no longer looking at other people for love. This is the spirit of sonship. The Bible talks about that we um, are no longer, we're not orphans, but we have received the spirit of a cause of adoption by which we cry out, Abba, Abba, or it says Abba, Father, but Father Abba is the definition of father. So we can say Abba, Abba, or father, father, whatever it was you want to say. But what is it the Bible saying? We have received the spirit of, if you look that word up, and I'll even look it up for you in, um, let's just go over here. Come on. 
sometimes trying to um, move this thing here. Okay. He says, Oh, I love this verse. It's, I'm going to read out Romans 8, 19 verse. It says, for the earnest ex expectation of the creature waits for the manifestation of the sons of God. So the, the whole of creation is waiting for this manifestation, the revealing, the revelation. And I think one of the things it's saying is for the sons to receive the revelation that we are sons. OK, that we are um, that we no longer have to walk in this this thing of, of believing that we have to earn the love of God, um, that we have um, that we have to go on and, and find a way for, you know, to do the right things. Religious religion teaches us that we have to um, walk in a way that allows God to like our behavior and therefore for him to like us a little bit and maybe love us, you know, but this love is so unconditional. It, it came, it, he had it for us before we were born and it's so sealed in who he is and how he sees us that he can't help but delight. It doesn't mean he's pleased with all of our behavior, but our behavior does not, uh, does not nullify his love. It, it, it does block what can be allowed and what cannot be because of what, what we seek things on a lower level. We honestly do when we don't walk in the way of the father, when we don't operate in the mind of Christ, then we're not longing for the things of Christ. We're not longing for the things of God. Christ always longed for the things that please the father. He always will. That's what he does. So that's what we do. But if you have this crazy kamikaze kind of belief about the father. If you believe, if you've been taught that you've got to earn God's love and that you are just a, a worm and, uh, you know, um, and a rank sinner and, and you're just a horrible person, then no, you're not going to, you're going to be like the people in the garden after they ate the fruit, they hid themselves from the presence of God. And you're going to hide from God because you think that your behavior is going to be such that he's going to say, you know, uh, like, like from the Wizard of Oz, I am Oz, the great and terrible. See, those are words that are attributed to God, but they took them in Hollywood and they decided to use them. Who are you? You know, that word terrible, by the way, does not mean terrible and awful. It means awesome and fearsome and, and amazing. You know, it, it has to do with the awesomeness of God, not the meanness of God. But, you know, they took it in a movie and there he was thundering this tiny little man hiding behind this big old, you know, uh, light show. But who are you and how dare you come into my presence? And there they were. I'm Dorothy, the small and meek. And, and I'm this one and that one. Gosh, I haven't seen that movie in a long time, but I remember that. And and so that's where, where people, they get their idea of God from Hollywood. They get their idea of God from religion or from somebody's believing a lie and perpetrating it and saying that it was, it's the gospel truth. It's not the gospel truth. If it's not good news, how could it be? So, um, boy, this is taking us in a different direction, but that's okay. Uh, I'm wide awake. <laughs> so Romans eight, as I was saying, he said, um, let's go to verse 12. Well, where do you want to go? I'm going to, we'll end up there. He said, um, for they, um, the, the law, the righteousness of the law needs to be, okay, I'll just start with verse one, Romans eight, one. I like that verse. Therefore now no condemnation to them, which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. This is relationship. I'm talking to spirit. I'm talking to spirit about how spirit comports itself, behaves, walks in the things of God. We walk as spirit. This is where kingdom power manifests from. Yes, the electricity flows out of our hands and we can release it. And you'll see sometimes crackling light or something awesome, you know, that happens. But it's a spirit connection. I'm telling you, you've just... What we've done is we've released from the supernatural realm where we are spirit. And, and so we're able to move around, if you will. We're, we are in the heavens and, and the physical body is in the earth and the spirit, the breath of God is in the body. That's uh, That plus blood is what's, you know, is sustaining us, keeps the heart beating and all of the other stuff. But you're seated in the heavenlies in Christ. And therefore you're seeing from God's point of view. You're seeing things according to spirit who knows what he is. So can see everything at once, all time, uh, what we call past, present, future in the time from the realm of no time at all. And therefore everything is 
in the now. <laughs> um, all of your healing is now. Faith is now. Um, wholeness is now from the realm of the spirit, which is why even when they tell you that your recovery is going to take so much time and you believe it, so it does take that time or you speak from the spirit and you ask him, how much time does this body need? Because it's a machine. It's a, it's a, it's something that moves. It's an earth suit. How much time does this particular body need to heal? He may say three days. And so you tell it, well, you know, yes, I know it's supposed to take eight weeks, but I have to be someplace in one. And so this, I'll take the three days, I'll rest, I'll do what you say, but I expect the resurrection power. I expect the transference of power from the words that were spoken because it's all electrified through the, what God has said. And I expect whatever miracles need to happen. I'm telling my body, this is what you will do. You will recover. You will not be, you will, you will live. You will not die. You will walk in the fullness of that, which has been spoken. You abide by God, by your maker, not by those that seek to destroy those that don't understand. They understand the functions of the body, but you operate from the function of the spirit. Yes. You need proper rest. Yes. You need to eat the right stuff. Yes. Exercise is excellent. All of these things possible, but he said it profits little, but it's that spirit to spirit connection that gives you the strength and the ability to endure and hold a plank for longer than five seconds thinking, oh my God, I don't think I can make it. You know, it's stuff like that. It's the joy that we have in being the citizens of the kingdom and having this duality, you know, having this, this beautiful life from the spirit, not just in the spirit, but we live from that place in this place. And that that's kingdom I'm talking about because we did say kingdom 101 or I do like kingdom relationships. I'm talking about kingdom and therefore we have to talk about it according to the way the king talks about it. And so there is a supernatural release for you if you will hear this and not try to run around with it and act all crazy, but just sit down and let the spirit of the Lord take what is being imparted to you and let him reveal it to you. All right. Um, I'm working on some stuff. Let me tell you, because I've had to renew my mind, renew your mind, renew your mind, renew your mind. OK, Ephesians, I think it's 423 talks about the renewal of your mind. You've got to renew your mind. Your mind has to keep constant, constant knitting every place, every place like like uh, super glue. Every place that my mind, once I get a revelation, sticks to the mind of Christ and never tries to come back. But I still got this other part, so this little matter just running around. Okay, so show me something else, Holy Spirit. And as you do, and it's like, ah, okay, I get it. I'm going to stick to the mind of Christ. And that part of my mind will never come back. And that's the expansion of the kingdom. I, you know what? Somebody, someplace, um, what, by the time we get to this, you already pulled on it. You're pulling on it in the spirit now. And I'm not even talking to you, so I'm, I'm teaching it prophetically, but I hear you and I'm, I'm responding to this because somebody really wanted to know. I don't know if you're just going to happen on the program and just see me and think, well, hey, I think I know her or whatever it happens to be. But you're going to get your answers from the spirit of God. Make that <laughs> make that what you desire, no matter who you you know, it, it's not being on the Internet or doing any kind of teaching just because. But it's one I want to hear. I want to hear. I want to hear verse two, Romans eight. Uh, verse verse one, therefore, now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit for the law. This is my favorite um, quote. This I'm known. Now, I do know I, I say this one a lot for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, that by itself, my God, that's a mouthful right there. But since I have somewhere else to go, I can't camp here right now for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Okay. This nomos that has come this, um, food for me, this, um, regular uh, principle, this principle of the law, this thing that has been established, that's what it means, received by usage, a custom, a command, that the command of the, of the life, the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, what did it command? Freedom from 
the law of sin and death, the higher law caused this low one to come under its feet. That means that this law supersedes, overrides, and displaces anything that has to do with sin and death and says, no, you live from the spirit. This life in Christ, this who is in us and we are in him. It has freed you, this, this life, this Zoe, this God life has freed you from from the limitations of the life on the earth. And so living from the spirit, he said, spirit has, has infused your spirit with the holiness, the purity of his presence and the power of resurrection, the power of, of, of the commands of, and the authority of the kingdom. That's all what, what you, your spirit, my spirit, we have joined with his, have been joined with his. And this is what we command. So you're free from the other. That's why. Well, you know, the doctor said, well, you know, they said, well, they said this and they, I, I don't care what they said. My angels don't obey that. They obey what God has said. And so do I, because I'm spirit. I have to go with the spirit that I'm connected to. And I'm not connected to the one that's under my feet. Okay. So what the law could not do, verse three, in that it was weak through the flesh. That was the only place it could operate that you get it. The law of sin and death that caused the flesh to have to bow to it. It worked through the flesh. That's where decay, sickness, disease, and poverty and lack and scarcity, a mentality of not ever having enough. Well, you cannot have the mindset of we don't have enough and live from that because you belong to El Shaddai, the God of more than enough. So not enough scarcity is not of the kingdom of God. Jesus never ran out of food. There was always an abundance. There is not a shortage of food in this earth. People want to tell you that, but no, it cannot be because the earth is under the command to keep reproducing. And so there is not a scarcity of food. There is not a scarcity of the fuel for, for, for gas. So what do you do? Speak to the pump and tell those prices to come down. Why? Because it is operating under a scarcity mentality, but you do not. Don't you do another day glorifying um, the, the, the ways of this darkness and the law of sin and death by talking about scarcity. We don't have enough money for this. We don't have enough for this. We don't have this. We don't have that. What are you talking about? I have all things to richly enjoy. That's what the Bible says. My God is the God of more than enough. So what, what are you talking about? Who are you speaking for? That's the question that you have to ask. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. Okay. <laughs> Let me get to it. Okay. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. See what I'm saying? You're going to have to walk after the spirit for this stuff to work. Otherwise it's like, yeah, I know I heard about it, but you know, oops, sorry. I didn't mean to say that. Yeah, you did. And, but, but you can get to a place where instead of walking after the flesh, you walk in a way walking in and of itself is also an interesting phrase because it means it it means yes to put one foot in front of another but it is also how you live how you deport yourself how you follow so those that follow that that allow their satisfaction to be fulfilled through the things of this world instead of by the way of the spirit of god right this is our relationship. All of what I'm talking about is relationship with the spirit of purity. And then we'll get back to the other part next time. Okay. So then he says, for they that are after the flesh, walking after, chasing after it, sniffing after it, bowing to it and doing what it tells it to do. Um, they mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of spirit, you know more about what goes on in the world than you do about the kingdom. And if that's true of you, you can tell me what's happening in Hollywood. You can tell me the latest and the greatest from this. You can tell me what's happening in this area. You can tell me all, you can tell me all the gossip about all the people that I do not know. But you cannot tell yourself what the word of God says and allow yourself to live it because you've been living after the ways of the flesh. That's the test. That's how you know. Okay. Um, not accusing you, just saying if that's the case, check it and say, oops, okay, yeah, we got to do some work over here. Because to be carnally minded, which is what it is. That brings death. It's 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 based in the law of sin and death, not the life, the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. So to be spiritually minded is where the life is and where peace is, because life and peace do not come from the world. They come from the kingdom. All right. The carnal mind is always at war against God. It's like, uh, why do I, I, I don't I don't think you have to do all that. I don't know why you have to say all that. I'm, this will make me sick. That's where religion comes from. 
it comes from the carnal mind is connected to the spirit of the religion, which wants to worship anything and everything except God and call everything else by his name. But they don't want to give him the glory because it would mean that everything else is subject to him. See, everything is subject to him. But people don't necessarily, demons do not want people to allow that because then people will understand they have authority over the demons and the demons don't want the people to know the sickness doesn't want you to know that you have authority over it. It tells, you know, I control this body. Well, it may try to control the body, but actually spirit will speak to the body and the body will obey the stronger voice. It will obey the one you, you follow. Okay. Um, I got to go because where I was trying to go, I'd love to go through all of this because we're not debtors to the flesh. Verse 12. Um, we don't have to live after the flesh because you can speak to your body. So if you live after the flesh, then you'll die. Well, is the body going to die? Yes, but you live eternally. So if you through the spirit do crucify or mortify, put to death the deeds of the body, you shall live. That doesn't mean kill your body. It means to short circuit the body's authority over your life and instead to live the life that you are as spirit and tell the body, look, I'm spirit. I live here. Your house doesn't own, uh, rule you. You rule the house, you see. And so, and and really you're being, you're following and obeying when you speak spirit, the one that owns the house and you're doing what he tells you to do. I'd love to get into this some more, but we've got probably about, hmm, not that much time left. I think I've got about eight minutes or something. So let me wind this up. Um, verse 16, it says the spirit himself, uh, verse 15. Okay, 14. For as many as are led by the spirit of God, these are, they are the sons of God. So sonship is identified by obedience to the father, by following after our father and doing what he said. Leslie, you might want to ask me about Romans 8, 14 and 15, just so we can talk about it some more. But if not, that's okay. I'll find a way to get in the conversation because <laughs> this is, this is re really it. For you have not, he says, verse 15, Romans 8, verse 15, you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. He said, you have not received. Now that word received, lombano, it is uh, roughly translated as taken on. You have not put your, put your hand in it. You have not picked it up and carried it and, and given it that place. You have not put it on. You're no longer wearing the spirit of bondage again to fear. See, that's the thing you've been delivered out of. You've been um, the dulea. You have been re released from slavery. Um and the conditions of being a slave, always having to obey your body. You have not received that spirit from, from above. He said, you have received and you take hold and you put upon you. You let yourself be adorned and wear the spirit of adoption by which we cry out, Abba, Abba, Father, Father. Now, adoption, I told you, it's giving you the condition of being, it's placing you as a son. It is the relationship with God that was pleased to establish between himself and us. It's the nature and the condition of the true disciples of Christ who by receiving the spirit of God into their souls, they say souls here, became sons of God. So what it is saying is you have received the spirit of sonship. And when you do, when his heart touches your heart for you, then suddenly you won't chase after that man, that woman that has looked so good to you because you're in your neediness and you need to show others that there's that you're better than they thought or the ones that threw you away. Hey, you know what? You, you really made a mistake here. Listen, you're, you're not, you don't have to do that. Once you know you know, there's a, there's a, there's something that happens to us. There's a transformation. There's a planting, a confidence, a rooting in ourselves. And I'm going to challenge even those of you that talk all the time about being a son of God. In what area have you lacked confidence? In what area are you still running after something? Are you anxious about something? Are you agitated? Is it easy to fluster you? Where do you feel insecure? Where do you not feel so strong? Where do you, what, what happens in your thoughts where you think about how ugly you are, how lonely you are, how nobody will ever love you, how your marriage sucks. I mean, tanks is bad, or um, you've been single and alone for however many of years and, and this and that where, or your finances, you're just so mediocre. You're, you're just, I, you know, there, it, it's just such a long, long line of, of things that people say, 
But where in you do you walk in a lack, if you will, of confidence, a, a lack of a, a failure to believe what the Lord has said? You know, where's that happening for you? Because in that place, you can receive the spirit of adoption. You haven't done it there. So let's pray because we're just about out of time now. And let's just do this. Let's receive. You know, Lord, right now I'm anxious about does, is this the person for me? Lord, I'm anxious about will there ever be one for me? Lord, I'm anxious about the relationship that I'm in. I, I don't know, you know, if we're going to make it. Lord, uh, I'm anxious about my children. Are, am I ever going to be reconciled to them? Father, I, I, I Lord, I, I'm, you know, you're like father. Well, okay. Um, I want to call you Abba, but, you know, I know you as God and this, that, and the other. It's like all of that is good. Even those of us that think that we got our act together and so forth. Why not? In the quiet, let's listen to him. Instead of you deciding you've got it all together, ask God if you have it all together. And if you don't, then let him put it together for you. That's my invitation to us tonight. Um, I didn't get to, well, I got to what I was supposed to. So, uh, you know, we, we never... Um, <laughs> I just pull the notes together, folks. This is all I work with right here is my Bible and a piece of paper or a note of some kind. And um, sometimes I also have my other little notes, you know, that I'm, I know you can't really see them, but that's all I work with. And then we're listening to the spirit of God because he has something specific that he wants to say. So um, about the time it's for me, it's about three minutes before we actually start it's about 6.43, so I'm going to go ahead and end it, and prayerfully we'll start this about 6.45 or 6, roughly in that. I want to thank you so much for joining tonight to the Astounding Love people you know, and I'm even going to cover my face for a moment so that you can see where the offerings, um, those of you that are part of our house, you know what to do. It's our Wednesday night Bible study, and so go ahead and do your online, or we'll get them on Sunday or however it is that you want to do them. And um, we're really appreciating that. So those are where the Zell offerings can um, be sent and so forth. And that's all I have to say. And thank you. And we bless that because we're talking about finance. We're talking about the temple, the tabernacle. We're talking about a lot of these different things. And so there is a return. There are things that God wants to do. I just say, ask him what he wants to do with what belongs to him. And then you do that accordingly. Okay. And so, Father, I thank you for these amazing uh, people and for the amazing things. And for those that didn't, I turned it off. I'll cover my face for a minute so that you can see that there are those things there. Father, I thank you and I praise you for the men and women, the boys and girls that are catching this uh, message tonight. And I thank you that you are working in their lives, in all of our lives, to be able to actually allow ourselves to be sons in every area of our lives. It is the overall being a son of God, but then it's manifesting in every situation. This is what Jesus did, feeding the multitudes, walking on water, raising people from the dead, whatever it was that he did, he always did it as a son, going to Gethsemane, going to the cross, rising up again, being raised up the son obedient to his father, obedient not just to death, but obedient to everlasting life, to resurrection. And I praise you and I thank you for these valiant men and women, the young and the younger, however it is chronologically that we may be, but these eternal spirits that live in these bodies that have a certain number of years upon them. But we ourselves are not this body, but we are spirit alive to you. And I pray that the impartation that has been released tonight will bring about a greater revealing of relationship with you because we're back to that of the purity so that that spirit of harlotry will be stomped down and stay under our feet where it belongs but we will not be ruled by it i release your love i release your power and thanksgiving to you tonight for what you have said to us in these amazing um, minutes that we've spent together so I am 
Pastor Lanzine Lee, also known as PL or PL3. I want to thank you so much. I love you astoundingly. I've had a great time. Um, next week, my um, co-host of Divinely Designed uh, 21st Century Women, um, one of my Bible study partners and a dear friend, and she's also a member of our house, Leslie Choi, will be joining me for a live session. So be sure to tune in at 6.45 p.m. Until then, we're going to say good night. I bless you. I love you. Good night. <laughs>